Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And this is our show. Wow, we have a band. Uh, welcome. I'm excited uh, to finally be recording uh, our first official official episode. Um, yeah, so what's what's first on the agenda, Nick? First on the agenda, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the show and what this actually is. Uh, next, we're gonna talk about form. The mm-hmm. band we we have formed, if you will, uh, <laughs> recently. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to end up these podcasts talking about our musical influences and kind of uh, who we are as musical people and why we want to make music. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as you you kind of mentioned there, um, we're both we're, we're amateur musicians. And recently we started our first band. Um, and we we kind of had the idea to start a podcast yeah. as a companion to it. And w- we had toyed around with the idea of doing a podcast for a little bit. And we figured that it would the band would kind of be a good vehicle. Uh, kind of a good a good topic, I guess. A great topic cuz it's a way to kind of document our our path as, mm-hmm. as musicians and every musician is very different paths and ways of creating music and how they get there. Uh, we think it'd be fun just to, you know, tap into local talent and uh, see what we can find in ourselves to mm-hmm. to become musicians in this fucked up world. There I said it. <laughs> yeah, there's like a ton of stuff for trying out and learning and uh, to be able to share it with people is kind of an added kind of bonus. And hopefully people enjoy the show. Yeah. yeah, and and speaking of the show, so basically what it is is kind of what we've briefed over so far is we're going to have some guests on here and there. We'll have some local musicians. We'll have some friends and just other music lovers and just get as many perspectives as possible. And, mm-hmm. and even those maybe who aren't even huge fans of music to see what, what they think all the hubbub is about. Yeah, and we're going to go into our our influences, of which there are many. We're both... <laughs> <laughs> fairly well read in we're terms quite of different. music. We've got some, yeah. got a quite a good dynamic here. Yeah. And uh as including our other band members. And uh so we'll go into that. We'll go into depth with uh music theory. Um maybe do some little segments on facts and trivia about music and, and other things, news, etc. And get into our process of songwriting and all of that. And uh, I'm quite excited to, to share this with people. And I find talking about my process and just generally what goes on in my head when I'm trying to do something, especially something creative, is can be can be quite good. Because like it, this is really in a, in a way what this is is just kind of an opportunity for us to take a good hard look at what we're doing and think of more ways to go forward and just brainstorm things or you know, think about what we could improve on or, or whatever, right? And I can't yeah. think of a, a better person to take this challenge on than you because you are definitely a person who relies on critical thinking and and creativity and a lot of things. So I like to siphon that as much as possible. <laughs> Just be around people. And because... more power to you. I think um, the more 
we as friends can collaborate and share ideas and share this this energy we have the more we'll end up with um yeah but one thing um that we were discussing just earlier that I don't think we'll get too much into is the specific meanings behind our music so much. I think generally it's better to let people find out for themselves and all that. Yeah, a bit of mystique, a bit of mystery. Mm-hmm. But uh, people's imaginations could tell better stories than we can ever tell. Yeah. Leaving it a bit loosey-goosey, you know, and... and and many kinds of genres of music, there's all kinds of interpretations you can make. And then mm-hmm. you read the lyrics and you're like, oh, I was actually singing it wrong. And then it's a whole yeah. different interpretation or you come up with your own story for it. And then you, you read the artist's intentions behind the story and you're just like, well, shit, that kind of ruins it. Yeah. So it's it's kind of fun sometimes for me to always like figure out why they wrote the song or, or whatever. But sometimes it, it can kind of ruin it. Yeah, a little bit. And like, like if it's your own theory, of course you can, there's some ambiguity. You can always be like, am I really correct about this? Yeah. Um, and, and in many ways, like, you know, interacting with art is similar to just interacting with the world in general from an intellectual point of view. You know, there's mystery there. You're looking for meaning and you wonder, you know, if you're barking up the right tree or not. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, you, you, Ryan, you, uh, mm-hmm. you're quite the artist in many ways. You do a lot of yeah drawing and yeah, I've, uh, as, like I've, I've done music as well for a while, but probably longer than that. I've been, uh, drawing and all that. And, um, I, I went to school just recently for graphic design that helped level up my skills a lot, but yeah, I, I mostly do visual stuff and I'm. I'm really excited to for for whenever we finally have something good recorded to do the art for it and everything. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. I'm excited to see that artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I <laughs> suck at drawing and art and everything <laughs> that, and that's why I attach myself to music. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good call. Well, you know, stick to what you're good at. It takes time to really get good at something that you're not good at. I yeah. Find, so. Like I just put, it's not something I really want to put my time into, something I like to put my time into with learning instruments and music and all of that. So Ryan, what, what music do you play? Uh, well, I, I've played uh, classical violin. Well, I, I took lessons for about eight years. It would have been probably, um, 12 years if I had continued to today. But I, I stopped when I finished high school and I was going into college. I didn't want to be too distracted and all that and I picked it up I picked it up here and there after that I'm a bit out of practice but um, I got a lot from that obviously you know I can read music musical notation and all that and I have a, a, from that a, a deep appreciation for classical music which has I think been a, a big influence on me in a lot of ways my influence uh, with uh, my love of prog rock and post rock and stuff and and just widens my general um, appreciation. And of course, I've been learning a little bit of bass guitar. I borrowed your bass a <laughs> few times, and um, yeah, and I'm trying to handle the recording and post production of the music we record with the band. And so far, that's been interesting. It's learning a whole new 
language absolutely of, of technology and all that it's terrifying <laughs> yeah it's it's been something i've i've always just feared my whole life and that's why <laughs> i think i i only really started to dive into music theory in the past few years i guess because mm. i i started playing the piano just like little tunes and songs like mario and and whatever but um over the years i just self-taught piano and just learned what i could mm-hmm. i never really learned the chords or anything but just mm-hmm. playing around and just kind of got good at it and then uh, high school, I think I, I picked up a drum kit after playing rock band for so long. And uh, drumming is just a cathartic, loving experience that, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm a groover. I'm always moving. So Yeah, it's a very physical instrument. It very so much so is. I can totally imagine that being very cathartic. I mean, I actually did play um, like Celtic snare drum for a little while, for just like two or three years. Just after once a week after school and stuff, and that was good. But that's still not quite as physical as like a full kit, because it's if you're just dealing with one snare, it's just right in front of you. You're not like moving around the kit and all that, and you tend to in in like a band like that sort of like it's meant to be played with other snare drums and all that. You tend not to like ha- have to hammer too too hard or anything. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah the cool. Drums are drums are a very interesting instrument, you know. I think uh, yeah. they're like percussion in general. It's it's a different sort of flavor in the whole mix. It absolutely yeah. is. I I love everything about it. I don't know. This is crash cymbals, the crash mm-hmm. cymbals, and all the fancy effects cymbals, mm-hmm. and just you know, it's classic good beats. Just oh, it makes my soul <laughs> it makes my soul so happy. But yeah. Um, and then yeah, I picked up guitar and the little COVID-19 pandemic, the old acoustic <laughs> guitar, figured I'd try to learn that as well, and I got a bass guitar after graduating university. My grandmother bought me, bless her heart. That's mm-hmm. the, the blessed bass guitar that we learn bass on together. We we uh, we usually just uh, strip down in the nude and then just play the bass. And just <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> There's just too many secrets. No. <laughs> False. I play the bass naked. Alone. Our, our, anyway, our live shows will be interesting. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I am first and foremost a drummer, and uh, I am really enjoying the piano. But drummer and guitarist mainly is, is yeah. my role in the band. Yeah, you really you've done quite a bit with for picking up new instruments lately and all that. It's it's quite impressive. It's a lot. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you've you've also been doing lots of little stuff on the piano lately and that's cool yeah i've, I've started to get uh, like really understand and just enjoy the piano recently so mm-hmm. it's such a majestic instrument and the piano's just a physical pain and on so many ways but it's again just takes a lot of time and dedication to really learn these skills and hone yeah. them down to to the perfections that we are and i guess i guess that brings us to the other two bastards that are yeah <laughs> are in our band form yeah. Um, um, which my, might be a working title, a by working the way. Title. Yeah. Yeah. Form is our is the is the title of our band. We'll see how that works out. Um, but in form is the two of us, uh, and my brother, Alex, who is a guitar god, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he picked it up in the pandemic as well, <clears> like <throat> a couple months before me. And um, he, every day he played it at least for a couple hours and just yeah he's come a long way he's, he's quite good yeah he's quite I'm good 
I'm quite jealous. I'm he's my he's my he, influence to be like, God damn it, he can do it, you can do it. Yeah. What's taking you so long? But I'm I stretch myself too thin too much. Yeah. And then um your good friend. Yeah, Andy. Um I met him through my current job and he he's a, an excellent, excellent pianist. He uh Phenomenal. He, he grew up playing it. He, and all that and quite intensely and all that and he went to university for music briefly he didn't end up finishing his degree but um yeah he's really good musician and of course he has the best knowledge of theory out of all of us so it's quite useful f- mm-hmm. for him to be there with yes us. he's about the only uh, trained musician in the band yeah <laughs> um truly like truly the closest to professional professional yeah and um he also does a little bit of composing on the side just a little bit which has helped us. We've already kind of taken one of his little pieces and tried to expand it. Yes. Um, and he's teaching now. Own. What? And he's teaching now, is he? Or is he plans to teach? Um, He might actually be tutoring one person in piano. Oh, okay. Maybe, just on the side. But he was looking into um, maybe getting a job as a teacher right on of piano which i think he should go for because that means probably more time playing for him yeah and probably better better money per hour anyway yeah um but yeah if you can teach something that means you really know it yeah and of course he's also he's very good at improv as well yeah Yeah. very good at improv that's Mm -hmm. that's the other thing yeah that's that's coming handy as well that's i feel like it's uh, no, no salt in the wound, Alex. But I feel like the improvisers are are us three, the songwriters. Um, mm, but mm-hmm. Alex's great technical skill, and I think I, 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 he's got some like, good idea coming up with like riffs and stuff like that. But I think Andy's definitely probably one of the best songwriters, <laughs> literally. And I feel I feel like we're we're good close seconds for coming up with ideas and being able to yeah, expand yeah. or just throw things. It's it's usually somebody that's a initiator that can come up with ideas and start with them and then mm-hmm. I I am the person who takes the idea and runs with it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes to sometimes to extremes. <laughs> sometimes to extremes, and you know uh, when it comes to our jokes. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, as we've already expressed our, our love to play bass naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. Yeah, but we've. Uh, yeah, we've done pretty good. You've you've done very good over the course of our musical relationship to come up with lots of little ditties and all that. You've uh, you've sent me a good number of like little drum drum beats and all that, and you've toyed around with the guitar and bass a lot. And as mentioned lately, you've been doing a lot of little stuff on the piano, so that's good. I've been meaning to write uh, this violin part for that one song we were working on yes, yeah. but uh, i haven't had the time or energy i'm kind of distracted right now yeah. but um soon soon we will get back <laughs> into form if you will speaking of which we um no i'm not gonna mind we'll do that off air off okay. air as i say wow cool um <laughs> that's the dumbest thing i've ever said um we we've come a long way i guess as musicians like mm-hmm I especially have grown and changed my mind so many times, especially to where I am today. And you, you was you've probably like stayed within your field and grown ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You mean in terms of my my Inf- technical? And, oh, my influences. Influences, yeah. And, well, yeah. And, and um, the songs you like and the bands you enjoy. I think that's kind of 
what really makes it's so funny too how like you can find a band and like this is the music they write but this is the music they actually like to listen to it doesn't always like coincide. yeah like it's I know, interesting like, it's like yeah. slipknot one of the guitarists just like prefers like jazz music writing and like all that but it's, huh. like, but has to write fucking heavy metal writing which is yeah that's kind interesting. Of a, a funny i could be misquoting that completely but i i mm-hmm. know of a few examples like that but Anyway, your influences in music have, have influenced me greatly over the years. <laughs> Good to know. Um, yeah, we created some playlists for each other, and I'm still kind of picking through his. The old Spotify. The old Spotify. It's um, Spotify. And yeah, I've we've greatly enjoyed listening to them. But uh, my kind of musical, my love for music really blossomed around junior high. Before that, I had always sort of liked music a bit and of course i played violin and all that but that was more you know that was more for the doing than the listening in a lot of ways i think and you know i had songs that i was like yeah that's a good song and all that but i kind of didn't really understand the sort of hubbub i guess to the fullest extent like i think over time that grew a bit but what really changed it was uh when my dad got me this uh sony walkman like not one of the old ones but like one of the newer mp3 ones and he loaded it up with a ton of songs and like you know a ton of albums that he loved uh, mostly like classic rock stuff it's so funny because that must have been like we're the same age so that's exactly what happened to me my father gave me an mp3 player loaded up with his yeah. favorite songs <laughs> <laughs> i i bet like a lot of people have probably had that yeah because like I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people have at least some yeah. Influence from their parents. Yeah. Uh, And if it's not from their parents, it's probably what's on the radio. I think those are probably the two main kind of ways. Either through, yeah, your parents or maybe a sibling or a friend. Yeah, a friend, yeah, a sibling. Either that or you kind of just get into what's on the radio, I guess. Yeah, whatever's in your environment, really. Yeah. Local music as well, what's what's locally played. Yeah, I suppose if you have a good music scene in in your town, like I bet a lot of people get into musical theater that way. Just like the going to see plays and all that. Yeah. And then they get into music through through that vein. Oh yeah. It's a lot easier um, to get into music if you're if you're in Nashville versus, you know, like Regina. Yeah. Um so mo- yeah, like pretty much everything he put on was like classic rock stuff. Um, you know, Elton John, uh the Beatles. Like, a little bit of the Beatles, yeah. Abbey Road was on there. Uh, Steve Miller Band, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Good, solid, classic rock. Yeah, totally. And uh, Zeppelin. Zeppelin, yes, Zeppelin. Um, what else? Alan Parsons Project. Yes, Do I was that. leading up to that. Yeah, Alan Sorry. Parsons Project. No, it's okay. And pretty much to this day, they've they've remained, if not my favorite band, then definitely in my top three or top five. Um, and I think Alan Parsons project for me was sort of my gateway into even more experimental kind of stuff. Um, if for those who don't know, uh, the Alan Parsons project, which is probably a a decent amount of people, they're not like super well known. I wouldn't say that they're underground or anything by any means. Uh, but they're a, they were a prog rock group. Really? It was Alan Parsons, the namesake of the band and uh eric wolfson uh they were the two sort of core members and they had uh, a lot of guests on to do the other bits because um i'm I'm not sure about eric wolfson 
but Alan Parsons was a uh, a very well known and well respected music music uh, engineer at the time. Worked with Pink Floyd and yeah, he like he that. got his start actually like he got lucky as like an intern or or whatever, and he worked at Abbey Road Studios on the album Abbey Road. Which is like the best fucking beginning you could have for that sort of thing. Quite the jump start. Yeah, and then he went on to work on uh, The Dark Side of the Moon with Pink Floyd, which obviously is a fantastically engineered and produced uh, record. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I would never listen to it, despite the fact that I bought like three vinyls of it. Don't don't hurt me in this way, Nick. <laughs> no, um, Pink Floyd is excellent. Yeah. I t- actually took a history of rock and roll class in university, and uh, we had to do a poster project. And I chose. He gave us a list of classic songs that like changed the course of rock and roll. And I chose "Wish You Were Here" mm. by good old Pinky Floyd, the uh, pinkest of Floyds, of their, if not their most popular song, mm-hmm. most well known, I should say. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, and the project they there's they're they really represent I think prog rock in a good way where they've got a lot of different stuff like mixed together with the classic rock formula oh, yeah. where they've got elements of classical and they've got um, more electronic stuff and it's very good. Some of it might come across as a little bit dated, but I think they've got quite a few like real gems in there. It captures the time very well, yeah. But it also ages very well. Yeah, I think I so. Think. It's like, yeah. There's there's certain certain ones like that. Like I mean, a lot of like the classic rock bands that we've talked about, like Zeppelin, Beatles, Pink Floyd. They're they're definitely part of their time, but they transcended as well. Mm-hmm. Like they're timeless as well as a representation of their time. Um, but yeah, so that was sort of my gateway into the more current stage i got into spotify when i was in college and through that i uh was introduced to a ton of new bands sounds like a horrible drug i got into spotify when i was in yeah. college i was hooked for years yeah other than a few times like here and there once i started uh paying for premium i just you know never stopped i still have premium to this day like i only stopped once or twice but yeah they've made a pretty penny off me <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you that much yeah, I, I think I started in high school, and I've, I've never mm. stopped since. I used the student discount for a while. But. Yeah, I used that when I could as well. But it's it's like... It's a great service, Yeah, well, ripping off artists. Oh man, like, with streaming services, there's just literally the whole world of music yeah. for you to discover. It's pretty great, and, like, I do... I've For, for quite a while, I listened to, like, the Discover Weekly playlists mm-hmm. and stuff that they'd make, right. and that was a great way to find new songs. And yeah, and yeah, through that, I kind of, at that time, I kind of made a bit of a shift away from like traditional instruments and all that. And I got a bit more into electronic stuff. Um, Like before, before that, I did not have much of an appreciation for electronic stuff. I was like, oh, you know, it's it's, computer music is not the same and all that. Beeps and boops. And like... There is something to that because, like, making music on the computer is at least in some aspects easier. You know, you press buttons and less this technical and that. skill. But yeah, less the less technical skill. There. There's a lower barrier for entry. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Y- yeah, more accessible. And and there is something to that. Like, there are lots of crummy 
like electronic musicians out there but there there are lots of good ones too oh yeah like you need to think that it's it's an instrument like any other yeah you know um yeah and that's sort of the the way i think about it uh, and, that, and that got you hooked into all kinds of modern bands now mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like uh my my favorite for a while uh was uh Pardon my French, but Starfucker. Starfuckers. Yeah. They, shut up about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, interesting kind of relationship with them. I, yes, they're, they went through an evolution fairly recently, but they started off very, a bit more raw, a bit more kind of indie sounding. And they, they did a really cool job of mixing like, uh, the synthesizers in with regular instruments and like some of their stuff. Like a lot of the stuff on Reptilians is much more electronic based, and I think that's their probably their best record overall. I pre-ordered their tenth uh, anniversary of that record. Actually, so oh, that came out ten years ago. Was, yeah, nice. Ten years ago this year, twenty twenty one. Wow. Um. So twenty eleven. Um. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. Like, I still view them as like a fairly new band. I mean, they formed in two thousand eight, so it's it's not it's that new. new. Fairly yeah. new, but new enough. They've they've been around for a couple of years now. You know? Yeah, but yeah. So they're and they some of their stuff is pretty wacky and all that, and uh, and like they use samples as well in interesting ways, and yeah, and they've they've got these cool falsetto vocals that they use all the time. Dare you say Starfuckers is your your biggest influence? Um. I don't know about that, man. Like, it's tough to say because, like, if if I look at my favorite bands, at least uh, my favorite bands being um, Alan Parsons Project, Starfucker, and maybe Radiohead right now, like, those are probably my three most active influences currently. I take different things from them. Like, I take the eclectic sort of arrangements and and, uh, setups of Alan Parsons project and I take sort of some some of the more experimental like newer kind of experimental stuff from uh, Starfucker and I take a lot of the edge and more like aggressive or moody kind of stuff from Radiohead and probably some of the lyrical writing probably mostly from them so yeah and you're a lyrics guy for the most part yeah like that's kind of my uh your forte that's kind of my forte in the band along with the other stuff i'm doing but yeah that's kind of where i stand out the most i guess i wrote a few little things a few good little ditties that you sent me every every once in a while i enjoyed them quite a bit i think and i want to do more uh a lot more i want to up my production there but and that, that's a good like passive project too I know yes. like side story is like I remember reading about the Glorious Sons a Canadian rock band mm-hmm. they the hit the songwriter the, the singer sorry he always has like a computer full of just like just like song lyrics and he would just mm-hmm. like dix, copy and paste them on top of like actual tracks to see like which ones would like fit best so it's like yeah. do you have like a bank of like song lyrics I mean same thing it's just like musical demos <clears throat> if you just have a bank of those yeah just, yeah. just build them up yeah. like and then um, you don't have to use them all, right? But yeah, ideas. I, I I'm right a big believer in sort of like stockpiling these things before oh, you yeah. actually start to put them out. So oh, you have a yeah. bit of a buffer. You have a bank that you can go back to for inspiration. And so. if you make thirty great songs, you pick the ten best. Then you're probably going to pick ten amazing songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Like uh, Radiohead, I know has a ton of like a, a good amount of unreleased material. Like they 
they released a song, the last song on their latest album, A Moonshade Pool. They actually, they were sitting on that song since 97, wow. at least. 97. Yeah. And it like, it went through different forms and all that. And before they finally settled on the current version. But like, I think that's not a bad thing to do. And I think we're, we're probably going to head a bit in that direction, but that's I... just the way I feel it's going to go. It's a very natural process because you're like you like you have the song you're like something's missing here like it's not done so you like you let it age you come back to it later and see like what you yeah. can change up to it right and it's always interesting to see how much unreleased material bands actually have mm-hmm. so it totally makes sense like you're going to write an album you know write twelve songs and release twelve right like there's yeah. definitely more than that yeah more ideas floating around right mm-hmm. especially if you're like just going for a standard album and not like a concept album yeah because that stuff would have to be a bit more uh sculpted to the oh, specific yeah. to the specific uh image you're going for yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of where i am like i'm i like in the last couple of years i've been getting a lot more into more niche genres and all that um but uh what what about your influences man well dear god as, as i've kind of <laughs> interrupted your story so far <laughs> I, I I also started off just kind of actually my cousin showed me a Bon Jovi song and I was like oh it's by the call and I just like my cousin so I was like I was like, I was like what he likes because that's what kids do so my music kind of started in elementary school I was like I, watching YouTube videos of just music ACDC and Bon mm-hmm. Jovi and these classic rock bands Aerosmith Johnny Cash all that good stuff and then um, I think it, I didn't really get too digging too big into music till about junior high but uh, so we, we uh, both got our little mp3 players from our fathers yeah i remember actually my sister took my ipod and then downloaded a bunch of like pop and rap music and i was like that ain't for me <laughs> so i remember having to like go onto the radio and i would just listen to the radio like laying in bed and a song would come up that i'd love and i could record it on the radio and then like pause oh, cool. the recording so i recorded like almost 200 songs of like radio clippets of things <laughs> that's so cool so, and sometimes that's when i hear like... like the end of a song i would like i, I still have like the catchphrase of the radio like and now time for it that's like it's so really weird. interesting that's just like uh like recording a tape exactly that's yeah, so, really kind of interesting yeah it was really that weird that, that like my music kind of started off by me recording snippets of radio on my mp3 player mm. my sony mp3 player god bless yeah god and bless um sony. brief aside um it's interesting you know uh I was just thinking this when you mentioned YouTube is that I have like a, a big music playlist on YouTube as well. And it's got a lot of different stuff than I have on say Spotify, which is also different from what I had on my MP3 player. You have these different sort of avenues yeah. and you find different things it's and so they, weird. they almost take on a different personality in yeah, each, like, each one. Right. There's a lot of songs I would never put on my Spotify, but I love them. Like the most of ACDC or like mm-hmm. Zeppelin, like things like Beatles, I I wouldn't put it on my Spotify. I love the songs, but it's like hmm. the songs I really love make it onto my Spotify. But then my YouTube, it's just like yeah, I'll put everything on there. Like yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, interesting. But uh, so you were saying. Um... Recordings off the radio. Yeah, and yeah like... and I remember laying in bed, and I actually, it was kind of an embarrassing story. I remember one time I, I would, <laughs> I'd get so into the music, I'd be like singing along to like the song, just because I don't know, like music's my big, my greatest love. It gives me chills sometimes just listening mm. to it. Um, but I remember just like I'd be singing along a little too much in bed, and my dad would be like, "Shut up, you're singing again," and I'm like, "Sorry." <laughs> oh, it'd be funny. Sorry, Dad. Um, yeah. 
anyway, so high school I got into, I got to Spotify, I guess, is when I got that. And I, I started to collect my collection of music, mm-hmm. which is well over 4,000 songs today. But I got into really classic rock and like new rock kind of i remember watching like youtube tutorials for gears of war like tricks and i remember riot by three days grace played and that was my introduction to like harder rock not that they're hard hard rock but excuse me <laughs> Burp. um then yeah i downloaded like all aerosmith bon jovi and like three days grace shine down breaking benjamin and all these just kind of mainstream kind of rock bands and that was my my first love and i remember like talking to some friends they'd be like starting to listen like disturbed or five finger death punch another mainstream metal bands mm-hmm. and i was like oh god how could you listen to that stuff that's so weird and then <laughs> and then my, i used to play rock band all the time my influence for getting actual drums was my cousin would play guitar and i'd play the drums and uh one day he was like man you gotta get these songs because i eventually mm-hmm. got pretty good at drums and rock band and i kind of wanted more of a challenge mm-hmm. so i was like all right like metal music is obviously like yeah it's very more technical more like a lot more notes, very as fast well paced. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of a lot of skills so uh naturally we started to like play some of those songs so I, he was like you gotta go like buy like bullet for my valentine that was the first like metal band that really really flicked me into metal mm-hmm. and it was like tears don't fall your betrayal um waking the demon which aren't like very traditional metal songs in a lot of ways but they're like a metalcore band that just i don't know flicked the switch on from like then on in mm. so it's like my love for drumming metal songs turned into like a love for metal cool and then it just spilled into you disturbed lamb of god slipknot um lots of classics i heard made in judas priest cool um mainstream stuff a lot of underground stuff yeah i imagine a lot of uh love for metal uh for for at least some people comes from like just kind of the their relationship with with playing music in some ways because like it's very powerful it's fast paced a lot of the time and you can't you know? fake it you can't fake that you can't get uh, up on right. stage and like fucking like pop music or like stuff where it's like more it might be more about the dancing or the show that you're putting yeah. on but it's like yeah. you get up you play your music and a lot of like metal bands that was the only way you made it into the big scene was like yeah. you had to get up and put a fucking hell of a live yeah. show on because the radio's not going to play you you got to get out there and right. be a hell of a great live band and show the virtuosity yeah. that you have and the songwriting skills that you have to really get out there and make it big. Yeah. Otherwise, you just get swallowed in the underground pit of thousands of bands that are produced and made yeah. every fucking week, basically, Yeah. at this day and age. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, yeah, it's much more about the virtuosity and putting on a good show and all that, which is very cool to think about. It's interesting how these different genres have those different sort of things about it like obviously with pop it's got to be catchy and and you know somewhat repetitive but maybe not too repetitive but lately it's more and more repetitive than all that and with rap you get the elements of like it's the personality and like creating this persona of often like especially with say gangster rap you had to have this like gangster persona you know, and all that stuff where these interesting sort of unique elements to them come in and, and, and all that. And like, yeah, some genres are more dance oriented and others are more listen oriented. Like there's some jazz that would probably be nigh impossible to dance to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, same thing as a lot of metal songs. It's pretty hard to dance. That's why you just bang your head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then God, I've you know, once I started playing music, that kind of really opened up a whole new avenue of just 
really appreciating the virtuosity of, of, mm. of any musician and then trying to get better myself and, and learning harder songs to get, you know, challenge yourself more. And then these days I just keep expanding and expanding. Like love bands like Royal North is another great one. Mm. Gojira is actually a, a band I recently got into. They're like a French technical death metal band. Cool. And they're so cool. They're so cool. Did you play anything for for me from them yet? I don't think so. Their new album was yeah. like charted number one on on like rock stuff, and it was like cool, very interesting. And I was like, all right, I got I keep seeing these names, so I got to get into them. And of course, you know Ozzy Osbourne, another huge classic. Yep, yep. Shine Down is another <laughs> big mainstream one, and Asking Alexandria is one of my favorites from the old British. So like, it's it's very fascinating as well for me, like the. Um, like the U.S. metal versus like the U.K. metal, it's always been very different, mm-hmm. and I've I've loved both very deeply, just as much as like you know, uh, the Beatles versus yeah. um, you know the American rock, uh, eventually Bruce Springsteen and, um, and Dylan. Yeah, um, and like of course then there's like the whole Scandinavian oh, uh, yeah. metal scene, yeah. which is a whole other animal. Yeah, like uh, System of yeah. a Down, Armenian metal band, fucking one of the biggest metal bands in the world mm-hmm. popped out six albums and said fuck off <laughs> yeah you uh you kind of like i was kind of i don't know i didn't really like them at first like uh, i knew the song chop I don't suey think anybody liked them at first i'll say that because yeah. like, i remember the first time i heard like their songs like chop suey was cool but like a lot of the other songs i was like oh god yeah and i like i knew chop suey was like well known i was like hmm I mean, it's okay and all that. And I, you know, I was kind of skeptical of the style that they were working with. Um, but like it, Chop Suey gradually kind of grew on me. And then with the playlist you made, you put some stuff on there. And I, I liked it a lot, especially the song War. Oh, I yes. really loved War. Like, one. I love how it goes through, you know, the little different um, different movements sort of within it. It's really cool. Yeah, and, uh, the amount of rhythms and like the poly, the, just the amount of like culture you can feel in the music. Just yeah, it's, it's like the, the the drums, the guitar, everything. Yeah, and I love like the way they go from like one instrument to another and all that. It creates this cool sort of uh, mosaic of musical textures. Oh yeah, it's really cool. I thought that was thunder for a second. I thought that was thunder there, too, but it was <laughs> it was just a car yeah. starting up. It's raining right now. Where uh, I don't know if you folks can hear it. But it is raining. It's quite nice. I love being in a barn yeah, or a shed when a it's raining. A very small shed. Which we are in. This. We're in a, a small shed recording this. The old, that's what she shed. <laughs> Arthur Two Sheds Jackson. <laughs> that's a Monty Python joke for the uninitiated. The, the uncultured swine that enjoy <laughs> Monty Python. Yeah. As I blow up my mic. Um yeah i i it's like and then the playlist that we made for each other i think we listened to two or one years ago we've kind of um we're like all right we're making this band kind of get everything going um i was like we should just like really understand each other's influences and try Mm -hmm. to see where we're coming from so i smacked him in the face with a lot of hard rock and metal stuff yeah which is why it's taken me so long to get through it because it's (laughs) it's It's not my wheelhouse so I'm like, I need to be in the mood to listen to it. It's taken a while, but I, yeah, I, I've enjoyed a lot of it going through it. I also really enjoyed Wolf Mother. That was great. They're they're good for creating these. They they create these cool songs. They're just they're just good. Yeah, psychedelic it's, it's, rock. Yeah, very yeah. kind of mainstream psychedelic rock. They they're very good. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of bands I put on there. Like I, I'm also like it's very much the same thing for me. Like over the eight years that I've been like it made insanely in love with music, I go through like phases of just like mm-hmm. I absolutely love all of this metal stuff, and then it's just like I listen to just like Glorious Sons and just mm-hmm. pop music or like whatever. Like everybody goes through these like kind of phases, I guess. Maybe it just yeah. like reflects on what you're going on in life and how you're feeling because yeah. There's definitely times where it's like, I could just fucking listen to metal music and it could be cathartic. It could be like pump me up. It could make me happy. It could be <laughs> angry. Like, or it, it just helps me express my emotions. Yeah. It's like, it's nice to see somebody else feel this way or, or just be like, damn, look at those fuckers go. Mm-hmm. Like, how fucking cool is that? Yeah. On a more, uh, <laughs> kind of more somber note, I've, I've been going through a very dark music phase for quite a while. And I think that, might in part be due to sort of the uh, great amount of emotional <laughs> stress I've been under in the last six or so years. But uh, life, <laughs> life, man. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. But it's also insane how like how much music plays into our emotions, and like it can help comfort us. It can help mm-hmm. pump us up. It's there for us. We can rely on it forever. Mm-hmm. We can always know that like, if there's a sad song, I want to listen to a bomb my eyes out while I sit yeah. in my clothes in my closet. It's, it's the art form that's closest to pure emotion. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you can, you can try and put a concept into it, but it's going to be very abstract, at least like barring any lyrics, of course, and all that. We're talking about pure instrumentation, but yeah, if you want to, Music can just get right to it, right? You don't need to paint a sad picture to to make the music sad. You just play a sad chord or a sad scale or whatever, right? It's right there. And it's a different sensation, too, because like <clears throat> visually looking at art, that's all you get. You could visually look at it, and you can think about it. You might be able to touch it or something, whereas music is just the sound. You're just mm-hmm. listening to somebody talk, sing, harmonies, whatever yeah, it is. It's, it's going to make you feel something. It's going to make you want to move. It's going to make you think. Like It's going to make you feel something in some way. Mm-hmm. Unless you're not taking it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, there are all these sort of peripheral things that go along with music, like the performances, the album art, mm-hmm. um, this and that. The stories, concept albums. But, always a- yeah, obviously, like, yeah, you can have, like, the music on its own, and of course, there's always got to be a medium to deliver it, but it's, like, it's a much more abstract experience. Probably, we're, we're very visually oriented creatures, so sound we tend to think of is, is more ethereal, I think, but... I, I, well, I, yeah. I've, I've fallen in love with, I think, about a year ago, actually, now, I've probably spent, like... <laughs> maybe $8,000 on vinyls. And yeah. it's been like the, having the physical appreciation of the artwork and like just, I like going through and read all the lyrics and like who's playing what, who wrote what, like, and just being able to look at the art, open it up and like take the thing out. You look at the vinyl, see if there's art in the vinyl. It just, it's just, mm-hmm. just more depth of just telling the story or the emotion or the intention behind this beautiful art that's created because mm-hmm. fuck man like there's nothing in the world that's like music it's fuck, like it's like a drug nothing can make you like pumped up sad yeah, comfort you yeah it it's it, it directly jacks itself into your yeah. brain and flips your switches it fucks um, with our biology in so many ways yeah it's so cool and and what else is like it it's it's its own thing you know it's like worldwide. as nietzsche said 
um, if it weren't for music, life would be a mistake or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a big music lover. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, um, maybe it's just because I'm in, more in touch with my visual side. I do have some similar experiences with with visual art and all that. Like, some images really stick with me, and especially, like, the... I've lately I've been working a lot with these very raw simple images they're almost archetypal almost like just bordering on pure abstract but not quite in a lot of ways um but like I I do find like in a lot of ways like you do have to let the visual arts sit with you a lot uh but like yeah music generally speaking is yeah the fastest track to mess with your head <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah yeah that's true there's i i i, had, I haven't really had that perspective in my life there's not a lot of visually moving things that i've seen mm-hmm. there's definitely like beautiful or breathtaking or grandiose things you can kind of take in but I, I mean have you surely you've seen though like a photograph that like going towards more negative things though like a photograph or something of it could be of some tragedy or oh, something yeah. and oh, you've yeah. been like that image sticks with you like you l- close your eyes and it's you can't help but see it right that's sort of a similar thing to a degree but like you're you're a huge m- music lover so either way uh you you might experience it more with music or at least you might remember it more but yeah no i mean your 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 point still stands like music is like it just it flips your switch often instantly and i mean of course some images do that too but like i don't know it's like yeah it's it's because it's so abstract right Mm -hmm. it's like it's not you're you're not sad because you saw something that was sad you didn't you know, you you. It's like you got a, a dose of pure sadness, <laughs> or you know, or pure happiness. Like, you don't move because you saw someone dance. It's because you heard this thing that you could dance to. It's like it's abstract. It's weird. It's very weird. And you also have to be in the mood for it, or at least be cognizant to the to the emotion that you're feeling, or the kind of subconscious emotion that you're feeling, because. There's some songs where, you know, I can sit there and listen to the lyrics to it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a beautiful song. It's a great song. And then sometimes I'll listen to it, and I'm like, just fucking cry, because I'm like, I just relate to it, or like, it just, it struck a chord. Like, it's, yeah, it's sort of an emotional catalyst in a lot of ways, right? It's fucked. Like, I, I return to the saying of, it's like a drug so many times, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it fucks with your hormones, your neurotransmitters, and, and many different ways to just, through sensory emotions. Yeah. It's biology, bitch. <laughs> Your, your wheelhouse right there. My yes, my flex my biology degree. Yeah, don't flex too hard on episode one. We'll save that for uh, later, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm a <laughs> I'm a complete idiot. It's well known to just about every single person on this earth, and I plan to cement that with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. So far, um, so good. Yeah. Yeah, that I like that. That's pretty much covers my influences for the most part. Yeah, I, I think mean, it was a great bird's eye view of us. Of yeah, like yeah. A, a general introduction. We got the, the we both love classic rock and some good indie rock, alternative kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
um, you mm, definitely more so in that kind of stuff. What that yeah, world? That's your yeah. realm. Yeah, and of course we've got with the other members, uh, Alex's. Alex likes like Coldplay. So and, and yeah, he's big good. into Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he's, Andy yeah. is mostly into classical, classical and all yeah. that. Not, yeah, not a whole uh, lot of traditional music he listens to. Or, focus, or, or I guess I shouldn't say that. Like um, popular sort of like less less folk stuff more yeah more uh, more classical and all that but um, yeah so we've got a a really interesting mix of influences going on here yeah hopefully uh, and at any great band it's the dynamic of the band that makes it happen yeah right? you can have one great member but but fuck it's it's the chemistry that happens between people where you really get great mm-hmm. perspectives mm-hmm. great songs great music so yeah like we're each we're each working with our own instruments we're not it's not one person writing every part and all that so yeah it's interesting an interesting sort of alchemy if you will interesting chemistry yeah it should be exciting because it is quite the mixed barrel of fish dare i say <laughs> but yeah. it should be very fun yeah well is there any other influences you want to talk about or um i think there? i think for episode one that's good. I'll leave them wanting more because there is there is more Thirsty. to crack into. More. Yes, more. I'm a I'm a metalhead and he's a crackhead. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, shit. I think that's episode one. I think that's episode one. Thanks everyone for listening to episode one. Thank you so much. Um, listening to our rambling buffoonery yes um yeah. we will try to make this as engaging and as entertaining as possible mm-hmm. um, and we look forward to any feedback or just any praise like please don't don't hesitate to send praise yes um <laughs> send love we will uh we're s- we will set up a uh some social media for the podcast and we will have a soundcloud and a band camp for our band once we start releasing some things so we'll link to that um next few episodes we're probably going to dive a little bit deeper into our influences dissect some of some of the albums and songs and bands that that we love in greater detail who makes the best music and why is it <laughs> why Why this scale is superior to this scale? I only listen to minor chords because I'm sad. <laughs> and uh, we will we will probably release, what do you think, an episode a month maybe? Yeah, it might be. Oh, we're thinking either like a bi-weekly or like a monthly kind of yeah, schedule or really kind of see. Maybe twice a month. See how it good. goes, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. It should be fun. We'll get some we'll get some local talent in on here. We'll get some guests. We'll have our first guests will of course be the other members of our band, mm-hmm. Alex and Andy. But we've got a lot more lined up beyond that. Oh yeah. Uh, we know a lot of uh, musically interesting people, let's say. So there there's plenty of content to be made. Plenty of connections to uh, utilize. Yeah, and and hopefully we don't burn too many bridges by bringing them to our <laughs> a lovely, hardworking podcast. To our little love shack here. A love shack, baby. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Copyright. 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 It will shut down <laughs> on the first episode. Yes. Well, 
Hope you folks liked it. Uh, until next time, this has been Wow, We Have a Band. Good night.